Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to learn how to live their truth, get rich, and make a massive difference in the world. I'm your host, Adam Force, co-founder at Change Creator and co-creator of the Captivate Method. Each week, we talk to experts about leadership, digital marketing, and sales strategies that you can implement in your business and life to go big. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to grab awesome resources that will help drive your business forward. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast. So this is your host, Adam Force. Um, If you missed the last episode, you're not going to want to miss this one. It's a question we get all the time, and it's also a a roadblock we see students in our Captivate program facing all the time, which is getting to the right niche, like understanding how to narrow down. Um, A lot of times we think we're a niche and we're not, and or we don't understand the niche quite clearly. Uh, And this has a big impact on how we execute our content strategies, our marketing, everything that we're doing. So um, we had a roundtable discussion, myself, Amy, and Danielle. Uh, we are all co-creators of Captivate, and we talk about this stuff a lot. So we had a whole conversation about it, and that was the last episode. So if you missed it, go back, check it out. Lots of good stuff in there. All right, so today we're going to be talking with Eric Partaker. All right, who is Eric? <laughs> Eric is a peak performance expert, and he has got quite a background, and you're going to want to hear what he has to say. So um, as a peak performance expert, he works with uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs to not only scale the companies, but to scale themselves, right? We got to transform our health in order to transform our wealth, right? So we can only grow our businesses as, as far as we grow on a personal development side for ourselves. Um, Now, here's some interesting stuff. So Eric actually was um, uh, one of the guys who helped build Skype's multi-billion dollar success story. All right. Um, He was also named as UK CEO of the year and also the got the one of the he got the business excellence award as one of the top 30 entrepreneurs in the UK 35 and under uh, that was done uh, noted by startup magazine and he was also among britain's most disruptive entrepreneurs okay so he's been doing a lot of cool stuff and he's made some waves. So we're going to dive into a great conversation about health, wealth and business with Eric. All right, guys, if you haven't followed us on Facebook yet, make sure you stop by, check us out, follow us there. That's our main social media platform. Uh, And you can also connect with us in our Facebook group where we have more in-depth conversations. It's called Be a Change Creator. So stop by and check us out. Um, Lots of great guides we put up on the homepage of our website, guys. So just go to changecreator.com. If you want to collect your goodies, it's changecreator.com forward slash go big. We have some freebies up there that you can get. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Eric. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Eric, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How's everything going, man? Going really well. Thanks a lot, Adam. Excited to be here. And yeah, thanks for everyone who's giving us their time to listen. Really appreciate that, too. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we're going to give them some juicy bits here and talk about some good stuff that will help their businesses. So, you know, before we get into it, I always like to know, I mean, everyone, you know, we tell a little bit about the history and stuff, but I kind of want to share, well, what's happening most recently in your world these days? What are you focused on? What's What's the drama, the exciting stuff? Yeah, well, okay. So, um, 
on the drama front, <laughs> one of one of the most uh, challenging things I had to deal with recently. I mean, I, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I've, I've been a consultant, um, uh, helped build up Skype in its early days, and um, and then I, I built a chain of of restaurants here in the UK, and. Sadly, the whole thing, you know, after 15 years of work with um, with COVID, the whole thing uh, went into bankruptcy because there's just a zero, yeah. zero sales, zero revenue environment and um, you know, cash eventually runs out. And so so that that was that was a big blow. And, um, you know, it took a while to kind of come to terms with that. But um, it also in a weird way was easy or easier to come to terms with because there's little you can do right and so when it's kind of come totally outside of your control like that then it somehow does make it you know uh easier um but on the upside uh on the other side of the equation um uh, you know I, i i was just on the board of that company and you know my main focus right now is helping entrepreneurs um, leaders, uh, you know, CEOs, um, just you know, do do a much better job at um, just you know closing that, h- helping help, helping them helping them scale up, not just you know the, the the entities or the things that they're they're working on, but helping them scale up themselves as well. So helping them become kind of like better people at the same time. Um, and that's that's what I do. You know, my day job now. I, I work with 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 individuals and and their organizations, and um, so that's been very exciting. And the, the other exciting thing is I, I just wrote a book. So I just wrote a book called The Three Alarms um, out on Amazon, and that's essentially a a guide into how to close the gap between kind of your your, your current and your best self. Ah, I love that. Ah, I love that. Cool, and cool. and. and- was there a particular inspiration for you know taking on the from what I hear from a lot of other people in my network the challenge of <laughs> writing a book? It, um, I mean, it's, it, it is very challenging. Yeah, uh, I um, I had the benefit of you know, somebody who helped me um, uh, with the whole process and and the whole thing. Uh, his name is Jeff Goins, a uh, great guy, and. Um, he did. He did demystified it for me, and um, it's like anything, though. It's you think it's hard until you do it, right? Yeah. So it's like my seven-year-old when I said to him four weeks ago, "Okay, so let's take the training wheels off your bike." Yeah, and he was like, "Ah, oh, no." He's <laughs> like, "That's not going to work." And sure enough, what happens? You take the training wheels off. And suddenly his face just lights up because after the second or the third attempt, he's suddenly going for, you know, a good like three seconds. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and what, what seemed impossible suddenly becomes, you know, possible. So um, it's like that was writing a book as well. Right. So it's like yeah, that with yeah. everything. Pretty much. You know, it's funny you bring up 
uh, something, you know, with family. And, you know, my wife and I had a, uh, a baby back in April. So he's about s- just over seven months. And he's getting to that point where he's like trying to stand up, right? He's like cr- climbing up, like with his hands on the couch and getting up on his feet. And for the past several weeks now, I watch him stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down. And it's just such a, a, a prime example of what you're talking about. You're not thinking about, oh, you know, I failed. It's too hard. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Right. Um, you just keep going. He's not even thinking about it. He's so innocent, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many times he falls down sooner or later, uh, that habit, that consistency of him doing it every day, he gets better, he gets stronger. And next thing you know, he's running. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's exactly, it's like that for like literally everything in life. And, and, um, so if there is anybody listening who is thinking about writing a book and you're like, oh, I'll get around to it someday or I think it's so daunting, um, a book gets written by doing the number one most important thing, sitting down to write. Yeah. And if you, just, <laughs> yeah. if you focus on that on a daily basis, it gets done. Eventually, you, know, you just focus on continually starting and the finishing takes care of itself. Yeah, I've gotten a little obsessed with the idea of habits um, and just doing small attainable habits every day, every week, whatever it might be. Um, consistently. And when you do that, it just slowly chips away. Same thing with the book, right? You'll just slowly, it'll get there sooner or later. You just got to consistently put the effort in. So it's awesome that you put it together. You got it done. It's out. Um, so congratulations on that. So let's talk a little bit about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what, so let's just like in a nutshell, let's just, we'll break it down, but in a nutshell, what is the intention of the book for say the people who are listening to this podcast? Like what do they get learning from it? Well, I like to think of it this way. If I had a magic button and I went around the world and I said to every single person, Look, if you press this button, you'll instantly become the best version of yourself. Is there anybody on the planet who wouldn't press the button? Right. right? It's like everyone. Yeah, so regard, and, and I think this is our one universal faith, regardless of you know religion or spirituality or geography or age. I think the one thing that unites us all is, is a desire to unlock our potential, to become all that we're capable of being. And... Um, to become the best version of ourselves. And so if that's a universal desire, the book then starts from, okay, well, if we all want this, what's the issue then? You know, it's not it's not the desire. We, we, we all have that. You know, we, we, we want to do that. So the issue is more how. You know, how do we do it? Mm-hmm. And how do we navigate, you know, the up and down terrain of, of, of life and so the book presents three hows if you will okay um, so how to how to step into being your best through the power of identity how to optimize yourself for action through increased productivity and how to get much better at handling the unexpected by building your anti-fragility so um, identity productivity and anti-fragility IPA like the beer but better for you <laughs> So I know you can handle the unexpected based on your restaurant story that you just <laughs> that you just gave yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. um, let's before we get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about productivity because it's popular for people. Um, 
Now mm-hmm. you you've been you know I, I'm reading your biography here. You know, as a, a CEO, coach, mentor, you've got the top thirty entrepreneurs in the UK. You know, um, all kinds of you know recognition, right? So you've done a lot, and I'm I'm just curious as what have you learned about productivity from your experience over the years, right? So can you tell us a little bit about that, the evolution of yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, it starts with the fact that I used to be the world's worst procrastinator. Yep. Um, and um, I mean, I, I would sit down and within five minutes, I'd be distracted working on something else. I'd sit down be you know, trying to focus on something and I'd feel this like insatiable desire to have to move and do something else. I mean, it was just awful. So all of my success came at, you know, a heavy, heavy price and with a lot of, a lot of pain. Um, and there's a handful of things which, um, I implemented, uh, which I talk about in the, in, in the book, amongst other things that have had a profound effect in my experience and in the experience of, you know, the people that I coach. And so what I'll, what I'll give people listening is three powerful routines. And of course there's more here, but you know, these are three things to run with. So one is, um, recognizing that a productive day doesn't begin the day of, but it begins the night before with getting eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And if you get less than eight hours of sleep, you know, studies clearly demonstrate that you're going to be more prone to distraction. Um, you're going to have trouble focusing at some point, uh, probably be a bit more irritable and anxious, all things which don't bode well for productivity. Yeah. And so the way that we protect our eight hours of sleep is by launching a campaign against all of the artificial light that really shouldn't be going into our eyes so late at night because when the light from your phone, from your TV, from your tablet, from your laptop, when that gets picked up by the eyes, it goes into, um, literally gets picked up at the center of your brain by a a gland called the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. And then that gland then says, oh, it's still daylight out. So we're going to stop producing melatonin and your melatonin production drops by 50%. You need melatonin to sleep well. It's a sleep-inducing hormone. Mm. And so the first routine to implement is what's called a digital sunset, and it just simply means all the electronics go off one hour before bed so that you can go to sleep with a brain full of melatonin and actually get the eight hours of rest that you need. The, the, The second thing is how do you start your day in the morning? And most people start their day, me included in the past, not these days anymore, but they start their day in reactive mode. And what I mean is that they'll start their day typically in their inbox, on social media, looking at the news. They might do this on the way to the, on the bathroom while they're still in bed, on their way to you know, have some coffee. And this really damages productivity once again because it puts you into this scatterbrained kind of uh, you know, state And instead, what I would encourage people to do, and you'll experience a huge shift in your productivity if you follow this, is just to start the day, focus on being creative um, rather than uh, being reactive. And by being creative, I mean, you know, work on one of the top three most important things that you know you should be doing, but that you haven't 
you know, provided any time for yourself to do. Yeah. And if you just do that for the first hour of the day, it has a huge impact on the rest of the day. And then the last routine I'd recommend people install is the routine or the habit of single tasking. Um, we lose 28% on average of our workday to the inefficiency that results from jumping from one thing to the next. You start working on a presentation, you're yeah. in your inbox, you reheat your coffee, you go back to the presentation, you answer the phone, you answer an email, go back to the presentation, suddenly the hour is up, you look back and you're like, I only worked 12 minutes on the presentation. <laughs> so 28% so loss of the day means that if we extrapolate that to the working weeks within a year, that means that the average person loses 13 weeks a year to jumping around on stuff, uh, the inefficiency that results from doing that. 13 weeks a year, that means the average person is losing an entire quarter every year. They're playing with three quarters in their year instead of the full four. So of course, they don't feel productive. And if we extrapolate that across a 40-year career, the average person loses a decade <laughs> and what could you do with an extra decade? That's like two extra careers there. Yeah. So, wow. so we get better on this last routine by really focusing on single tasking. And that's, you know, phone, out of sight, off. Don't have 17 browsers open, you know. Um, don't, um, uh, if you're working on a document on your computer, put it in full screen mode. Just eliminate all of the distractions and really catch yourself and focus on I'm going to work just on this for 30 minutes, just on this for 60 minutes. I'm not going to jump around to anything until that block of time is done. And when you do that, you can reclaim that missing quarter every single year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of time that you miss out on. I, you know, and I, I'm one of these people too, where, you know, several years ago, you know, starting my first business, I was, I was all over the place, and I know exactly what you mean. When you sit down, it, it's it's the – I always talk about um, the cringe list, which is like things we don't necessarily want to do but have to be done. And yeah. it's like sitting down to do that presentation, but you end up like doing – you know, some something else that you enjoy doing <laughs> and, you're just, and you're easily distracted. And I see, you know, through our, our Captivate program, we have a lot of students that come through there and it's the same story because we have all these ideas. There's so much stimulation coming at us uh, throughout the day. And we're con and someone I spoke to once before put it really well. They're like, you're like a dog who sees a squirrel and you chase the squirrel, right? It distracts you and you run after it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. there you go. Um, and I know this is a major pain point for a lot of entrepreneurs. And um, something I had to work really hard on and I still continue to always work hard on is discipline. And you can't have discipline if you don't have focus, right? So the things you're talking about, I think are instrumental to uh, nurturing that focus. 100%. 100%. Um, and the more productive days you can string together, you know, the more focus that you have, the happier, more fulfilled you end up being because you'll be achieving the things that you you, you, you want to be doing. You know, so. That's it. That's the bread and butter, right? It's like you have something you want to do. You got to have, you know, I think Jim Rohn put it. I think it was Jim Rohn. He said, um, you can struggle through the discipline or you can struggle with the regret. Yeah. So pick. 
pick they one. Pick <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, cause it's hard. It, it, I mean, we're all human, right? Not every, you wake up at four or four in the 30 in the morning and your emotional side wants to hold you back. Um, and your logical side says, this is what you need to do in order to, uh, become the best version of yourself that you want. Right. So you have to, you just got to make these decisions and stick with it. But we all struggle with that. Right. Yeah, hundred percent, and and that you know that's a good segue to another um, uh, area that I cover with in the book, which is about identity. Yeah. Because if if you can bring more intentionality into your life and 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 say this is who I want to be, um, you'll you'll suddenly tap into the power of behavior following you know identity, and and what I mean is that. Um, uh, we get to choose, you know, as a kid, if, if I, if I give my seven year old, I was talking about Leo before my seven year old, yeah. if I put a Spider-Man costume, I don't need to tell Leo then, okay, this is what you should do next. I put him in the costume. He doesn't need training. He doesn't need instruction. Immediately. He'll start shooting webs from his wrist, jumping around <laughs> and making funny noises. Right. Yeah. So, and we all have this, this superpower, you know, uh, as, as kids, we, you put the superhero costume on and behavior follows identity. It just, we just, we become that person. And so I do this on the three most critical fronts of life every single day. The three most important things people, you know, are, are consumed, you know, with or about is their health you know, their wealth. And I don't, I don't mean like turning into a billionaire. I just mean, you know, ha- having the wealth and the means that uh, provide you, know, you with the life that you want. Yeah. Um, and, and our relationships, health, wealth, and relationships. Also the three most searched topics on the internet. <laughs> yeah. health, right. So, um, so I took that as a, as a guide and I chose and created a superhero identity on each of those fronts. So something, a phrase that represented me at my best. And then I put that into my phone and time that identity to go off to show at the time of day that would most benefit from being powered by that superhero version of me. So at 6.30 a.m., the first alarm goes off. It says World Fitness Champion because that's me when I go into the gym. It's that version of me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, at 9 a.m., next alarm goes off, world's best coach, to remind me how to show up for my clients. And at 6.30 p.m., most powerful alarm of all goes off for me. It says, world's best husband and father, to prompt the question, how would the world's best husband and father walk through that door right now? Yeah. So by bringing that intentionality into play, I, you know, I, I have something to shoot for, right? I have something to measure myself against. And, um, and it just changes the way I show up on, on those three fronts. It's a good, uh, way to, to trigger that because, you know, we don't, we, we can think about these things, acknowledge them, even write them in our journals. Um, but as the days go by, if we're not reminding ourselves, um, we may not show up that way, right? We, we forget or we, we digress in some way to old behaviors, I love the idea of triggers like that. And, and the, I, I wrote down uh, what you said. I think this is a great quote. Behavior follows identity, right? So yes. to become that person, um, you know, we, 
as people fight, fight, fight to do stuff with their business, their life, whatever it might be, um, they start realizing that they have to become a different person and you have to take these steps to do it. And the first thing is to, what does it feel like to be that person and remind yourself? So I love the identity strategy that, that that's pretty cool. Exactly. Exactly. And it's all about making this stuff like super simple and, you know, easy to, to, to apply. And, um, I yes. think people need less theory, more kind of like, practice right yeah uh, i think that i'm glad you said that because it's true i mean you can you can read a lot of books from guys like robert kiyosaki and others you know say someone's trying to get rich whatever it is there's a lot of theory and it's inspiring and it can give you some perspective shifts but there's not a lot of practicality and you know anecdotes or steps you can take um you know to start doing those things the right way right you're kind of left to figure it out on your own Totally, totally. Yeah. So, so in so in 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 um in the book, I take people through lots of practical tools um, to help them, uh, you know, step into being their best on the identity front, um, improve their productivity, and you know, we didn't we didn't talk about it much, but there's loads of tools in there um, about building your anti fragility as well, and um, and just you know, as a wrap up point. Um, as a thank you for, you know, anyone who's listened all the way up to this point, you know, like seriously, a big thank you to you. Sure. Um, and, um, and if you head over to my website, um, as a, um, as a thank you, uh, additional thank you, um, I'm, uh, uh, glad to gladly give you a, co a free digital copy of the book. So if you just head over to ericpartaker.com, E-R-I-C-P-A-R-T-A-K-E-R, ericpartaker.com, and you can pick up a free digital copy of the book. And there's also some free training and worksheets to help you embed some of the, some of the concepts. So if you're listening and you want to take any of this stuff a little bit further, go a little bit deeper, um, there you go, and uh, we'll welcome you <laughs> with open arms. Yeah, me, and we'll have the URL in the show notes, you know. Um, and Eric, you know, we've got a couple minutes. Let me, before we wrap up, I also just want to kind of touch on that last part that we didn't talk about too much. Just real quick, give me a little insight on that. Was it fragility? Is that what you said? So anti-fragility. Anti-fragility, yeah. So yeah. So Nassim Taleb, he wrote a great book called Anti-Fragile. And um, basically, um, when, so when you ask the average person, um, what's the opposite of fragile? They'll say something like robust or resilient. And it's not really the opposite. You know, so fragile, if you're a fragile person, you get hit a few times, you break. If, if you're a robust person, you can take more of a beating, but eventually, you know, still break. If you're a resilient person, well, the definition of resilience is simply that it absorbs shock and it stays the same. So anti-fragile means the more you get hit, the stronger you become. Oh, I see. And, and that's where we want to get to. That's where we want to be playing. And you know, people, people may think, well, yeah, but okay, now we're getting all theoretical. This this isn't real. Um, but you're dead wrong because every single person listening right now 
all of us, our bodies are like the perfect temple of anti-fragility. So what I mean is that you stress a muscle and it causes it to grow, right? You expose the body to germs and bacteria, it builds the immune system. So you're already anti-fragile. Yeah. You just need to get what's naturally going on in your body, which is an intelligence in and of itself, right? And you need to get that into your head, into your mind consciously, because it's happening without you even realizing it subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that, you know, the, the top tip I'll give people is, is simply to reframe stress. It starts there. There's loads of other tips in the book to build on that, but sure. at the foundation, it's reframing stress. And what I mean by that is that stop pursuing, stop stressing yourself out by pursuing a stress-free life and, and, and instead realize that stress builds strength. And in the same way that if you're at the gym and you step towards a dumbbell rack and you pick up a weight and you curl it and it you know, makes you stronger, Every, every challenge, you know, moment of adversity, thing that doesn't go your way, um, turn life into one big mental gym. All of these are being are, are like dumbbells or weights being presented to you. And you can either run away from them and then you don't get stronger or you can step towards them, you know, grab hold, complete the repetition, become yeah. stronger as a result. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so that's where anti-fragility starts with the reframing. Nice. Yeah. I love it, man. I love, the, I love all three topics that you're hitting because they're so important. You know, we get really hung up on the, the, t the tactics and the business skills and yes, you need business skills, but they're going to be worthless if you haven't uh, mastered these fundamentals of productivity and different disciplines and habits and things like that. So the, sounds like you're offering a lot of good perspective shifts, but also practical steps people can take to start implementing them in a way that's understandable yeah that's the whole point that's that's what i was shooting for so um yeah so um yeah, I, I, I hope, I, yeah, I hope that was useful. It is, it is, and I appreciate you taking the time uh, to jump on and just kind of share um, your story with us. And um, you know, I, I, I got a good hold. Can I get we get you for one more minute? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to hear a little more on the. Um, you mentioned the restaurants that you had a chain of restaurants. What was that all about? I mean, so you started more like several restaurants. Like, what was, like what's up with that? Yeah, so so I um, helped build up Skype in its early days, and then uh, this is going back like 16, 15 years ago. And then we had um, uh, we sold to eBay for about four billion dollars. And then after that, I was thinking um, what to do next. And I was, um, you know, I live I live in London in the UK, but um, I grew up grew up in Chicago, even though I haven't been, I haven't lived in the U.S. for, for 20 years. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, well, when did I have the most fun? And it was in the restaurant industry. And then I was missing Mexican food. So I decided to start a chain of, well, it was one restaurant. And then, you know, eventually it, it grew into 12. And, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and so I was just kind of following, you know, following a passion. And, um, uh, did that for you know well over a decade so um, so yeah that is a uh, tough industry too man and to do multiple restaurants kudos to you yeah it is it is thank you it's very very tough industry but 
if you kind of pay tribute to what people find most important, which for me, it's all about the flavor at the end of the day, and nice. then, um, then you get rewarded. Love it, man. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks again. Uh, congratulations on all the great work and the book that you have out. It sounds like it's going to help a lot of people. So, guys, you can pop on over to ericpartaker.com. Um, it's spelled just like it sounds, really, so pretty simple. Um, grab a free copy of the book. I mean, you have nothing to lose but a lot to gain, right? Eric, thanks again. We'll catch you next time, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the Change Creator podcast visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to get access to free downloads and other great resources that will drive your business forward